Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And uh, Peyton Jones, I think. I told you I need a coffee. You really do need some coffee. I do need. (laughs) And we are finishing up our trip out here at Exponential. And um, I think when we leave, the the staff here is going to be really happy because I'm leaving sweat stains in every seat I sit in. I'm just saying it's a little bit... It's a little bit humid. That means it's sweat from the nether regions, man. I'm telling you, I'm I'm sweating in places I didn't know I had. Sweat glands. It's really... It's uncomfortable. I don't even want to talk about it, especially because we're <laughs> sitting in a room that we cannot afford, man. This looks like TBN came in here and decorated this room. Actually, the other room we were in yesterday looked more like TBN. Yeah. But I see, like, columns and pillars. Pete's been, like, really busting to get to Bible Land and take pictures. Is it the it's, Holy it's Land It's the Holy experience? Land experience. Oh, Have you guys gosh. seen that? No, we missed that. Did you go to it? Oh, we missed that. Hey, you can't you we can't make the guest talk yet. And... Hey, you can't make the guest talk. I had to we ask didn't, him. We didn't, we didn't introduce. Okay. Look, we're sitting here with Sean Lovejoy. Uh, he is from Velocity Network and the Velocity Conference. So, Sean, good to have you, man. Great to be in the room with you guys. <laughs> That's what he says now <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> so, we, we've only just met Sean, but we can already tell he's a cool guy. Uh, we like him very already. Cool. He very, smiles very a lot. Cool. He's not angry. Um, he's not he's arrogant. Not we've, we've established all that before the interview. No, he, he's actually, I think he's the happiest church planner I've ever met. I am, I'm genuinely a happy person most of the time. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. So, man, tell us a little bit of your story. How did you get in this crazy church planting thing? How did you come to Christ? And how did you get roped into church planting? Well, I'm still thinking about coming to Christ. I'm really close to stepping over the line of faith. <laughs> so is Pete. We almost had Pete saved having him do this podcast. They, they actually asked me if I'd be one of the prayer people. And I was like, oh, no, no, you don't understand. I might be saved, but no. We're, we're backstage in the green room, and we're walking out. And the lady goes, oh, Peyton, will you, like, anoint people and pray for them? I said, you know, I got a podcast, and I got a couple things. I might be able to get back. Give me the oil. 
And then they hand it to Pete, and I go, no, you don't want him. <laughs> and they thought he was joking. That would not be a blessing. Well, well, she looks at Pete and goes, would you pray for people? And Pete's got this really cynical look on his face. He goes, okay. Well, no, what I said was, I go, hi, I'm Pete. Who are you? Like, she just walks up to me. Will you pray for people? So did you take the oil? Well, when she told me what it was, I said, no, I, I don't think you want me for that. I'm, I'm, I go, I'm, you want him. I'm not even joking. I lost my oil. Well, then I have not... no idea where it is. All right, back back to Sean. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> All right, this is the Church Planner Podcast. There are no second takes, man. We are going to talk about you. So how, you're almost saved. So yes, uh, tell yes. us about your journey, man. Well, you know, I grew up a Christ follower, had the uh, Christian rebellious stage so that I have a testimony as a church planner, right? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> Did, you, Did you grow up in a Christian family? Yeah, or? Okay. yeah, yeah. If I had not had a godly family and a great relationship with my dad, I might be in prison right now. Almost ended up there anyway, but... Um, God and my dad kept me on, you know, oh, dude, got me man. back tell, on the path. Tell us that story. Uh, it's, 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 not, it's not that glorious. It's not that glorious. But came back to the Lord, went into the real estate world, was successful, very successful. Hmm. Took over a little college Sunday school class in this Baptist church and just totally, you know, gazed for the Lord. And we started reaching these crack addicts and prostitutes and lesbians. And this little Baptist Sunday's college and career Sunday school class. Wow. You know when they called it college and career? Yeah. What, where was this? This is in Birmingham. Okay. Alabama? And we, yeah. And yeah, that's where my baby's from. Really? Yeah. Well, right we, we rocked this little Baptist church, you know, and started reaching all these jacked up people. And when the pastor, you know, would give these altar calls, people actually started coming to the altar. Wow. <laughs> and we rocked this little church. In the meantime, I'm working in the real estate business. Yeah. I never wanted to be a pastor. Nobody yeah. in my family is a pastor. But it messed us up. And in those wow. days, we we're like, man, what would it be to like start a church where there's nothing but these kind of people here? Oh, amen. And, oh, yeah. you know, make a long story short, we went in and told my dad, I'm, I'm going to step out of the family business and follow God's call into the, to the, to the ministry. He compared me to David Koresh that day. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. He said, Sean, even David Koresh thought he was doing God's will. I mean, he really thought I was, had gone off the deep yeah. end. You know, yeah. leaving what I was leaving. A lot Especially of going leave. into church plan. But I would do it every every day since, man. Do That's it every day awesome, since. Man. How long ago was that? Served a couple of churches. That was in '93. You know, we served, went to seminary in New Orleans. Served a couple of churches. It was 15 years ago today. Oh, cool, man. We moved to Atlanta wow. to start a new church. May first. And uh, May first, 15 Very years cool. ago today. So I've wanted to quit. Uh, 52 times every year <laughs> for 15 years. <laughs> every Sunday morning. But today, I'm glad I didn't quit, bro. Right on, Today, man. I'm Boom. glad I didn't quit. You know? I'm glad I didn't quit. So 15 years. God's just given us a favor with a bunch of lost people in our church. And, you know, we've been a church planting church from early on. And first two years were literally Hades on earth. I mean, it was hard. It was tough. We were under-resourced. I'm a workaholic by nature. Mm. So I kind of jacked up my marriage the first couple of years. Mm. Um, thanks be to God, she was willing to confront me with it, and yeah. get, and and you know we I repented to to God, to her, to my church about two years in, and decided I wasn't going to let this church plant kill me. Mm. And church planting is killing a lot of guys. Yeah, they're they're entrepreneurial, but they're not highly disciplined. Mm. And you know their office is in their house, and it's start and there's no there's no boundaries. You know, and their spouses a lot of times are type A's as well. They're partners. That's why they said yes to go on this endeavor, yeah. you know. But a lot of times they, they forget the marriage, you know. And so 
we started churchplanners.com in 2003 out of a desire to to give pastors permission to be healthy leaders and lead healthy churches. So you guys are the ones that got that domain name, churchplanners.com. Man, we hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've had cash offers many times. You know, I was talking to someone yesterday. I was telling them we're going to interview you, and they go, oh, man, they got that domain name early on. (laughs) Guess who had it before we did? Who has every domain? Ed Stetzer. Oh, right. We bought it from Ed Stetzer. Really? Yeah, but he doesn't have uh, Ninja Planter. <laughs> That's right. Which That's is, right. Because you, know, That's, you bought that. I one. bought that one. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> he has like dozens still today. Does he really? Yeah. So we need to hit Ed up. Come on, what are you holding out on us? Oh, Ed? he'll send you a list. What are the good domain names? He'll send you a list. They're all for sale. So yeah. Everything Ed has for is for sale. So that's churchplanters.com. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And really just began with a desire to give pastors permission, you know, to be who God's called them to be. Right. And 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 do what God's called them to do. You know, we started the church in 2000 and didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we'd read Purpose Driven Church, so we were experts. Back then, it was it was uh, Bob Logan's Church Planters Toolkit. Yep. Yep. Do you remember that? Can be yours. It was like, for a, 12, it was like a 12 cassette tape yeah. plastic binder. Yeah. I'm dating myself. You know, but, I've never used it. Like, how was that thing? Dude, it was great. It was the only thing out there back then. But yeah. Bob is a genius. Bob was a genius. Yeah. And he helped a lot of guys create some simple systems and assimilation plans. And that was his heart. And it's our heart, you know, today to really help people with that practical end of stuff as well. So, we, you know, we just we wanted to help pastors and help them be healthy and mm. stay healthy. It's always good if you're a pastor to stay sane, centered, and married. That's always good. What mm. You know, how did you, um, two years in, right, you realized you're giving way too much to church plant, taking too much from your marriage. Yeah. What did you do to start to fix that? Like, because that's a big problem that our church planners have. Yeah, it was knee jerk for, for me. I mean, I repented to my wife and I knew I had to make some big changes. So I just went back and told my church. I've made my. What were the changes? Was it like, look, I'm not working after five? Yeah, I, I blocked my mornings off. I'm, I, I said, I'm not going to be available to you guys in the mornings. I've made myself available to you at the neglect of God and my family. And I'm mm. not going to do it anymore. Mm. And I'll be out two nights a week. You know, we were running 170 people at this time have one full-time staff person. I said, I'm, I'm not going to make myself available to you in the mornings anymore. I'm not going to do any appointments. Mm. And I thought people would start throwing things at me. I got a standing ovation in the cafeteria that day. Awesome. And I had mm. a half a dozen people walk up to me and said, I'm so glad you said what you said today. We've been worried about you. Mm. They see it. Our yeah. church members see it. Yeah. They have little flags, little alarms yeah. going off in their heads. Yeah. So immediately, though, I'm like, I don't, wanna, I don't want another pastor to have to go through the pain that I went through. Mm-hmm. To get where I, you know, thank God we didn't have a train wreck. I don't know if my wife, Trisha, would have ever left me, but she didn't like me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've been there. And today, 12 years later, like my wife likes me and my kids love the church. My wife doesn't like him. (laughs) Oh, that's different. Yeah, As long as she likes you, man. She's not married to him. She's married to you. She's got to like you. Sometimes she is married to him. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going there. (laughs) So that's our heart is, is... Trying to keep guys sane, centered, and married while doing this. And sometimes it's having the right team. Sometimes, you know, I think some church planners are not one hire away. They're one fire away from some pretty neat things. Yeah. They don't have the right team. Yeah. And the person who started with them has hit a, hit a lid and, hmm. you know, needs to be assigned to a different seat. Sometimes it's a system issue. Sometimes it's a discipline issue. Sometimes it's accountability issue. 
you've you've mentioned systems a couple times now. That's I mean I you know I heard a rumor about you that you are Mister Practicality. That's your deal. Is you don't just tell people, hey guys, you have to have a system in place. Yeah. Or you need to um, do follow up. You literally are the guy. Like you're Mister Practical. You're like here's how you do it. Yeah. Um, we were having this conversation that at this conference, right? Everyone's talking discipleship. No one's telling you how to disciple, and you right. would think, oh well, that's simple. Right. Well, no, you, you actually need to know how to disciple people. There, there is a, a, a way to disciple. So um, you're Mr. Practicality. Talk to me a little bit about the systems that you train guys in. If they were to come, say, to the Velocity Network, what is the kind of stuff that you offer to them? Yeah, well, we start very, very simple. I told you guys earlier, you know, for me, you got to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. So for everybody else, we try to do that. And just step one, step two, step three. You know, everybody's talking about missional communities right now, but 99.9% of the churches don't have missional communities. So nobody's talking about, like, how to swing the pendulum back the other way. Mm. You know, and so we did that. We took, you know, realizing about seven or eight years in that we were we were highly attractional on that scale and wanted to be more balanced and, mm. and, and have a missional incarnational approach within that ministry. So we had to turn this big mega church. But we, we took a 36-month step-by-step plan, you know, and those are the simple kinds of things that we, we talk about. You know, we don't just talk about follow-up and assimilation, but how to do it, how to, how to wow. move people from the seat in the auditorium to a small group. That's a huge gap. Mm. The discussion is not you need to have small groups. The question is how do you get people to think even think about that? Mm. What you don't do is list a pixelated picture on the website and have somebody drive out to somebody's house in the middle of the night and knock on their door and say, I want to join your small group. Right. That's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no wonder nobody wants to join small groups and churches. Yeah. Yeah. So there are all these simple little steps you can take to help close those close those gaps. Nice. And that's, in essence, what we try to do with guys and help them do that. That's really good, man. Yeah. That's really good. Nobody wants to serve in ministry in the church. They don't feel like they're a minister. You know, they don't feel like they have any spiritual gifts. So there's all these simple steps you've got to help. Jesus took accepted people where they were, but he wouldn't let them stay there. But he, he, he intentionally, you know, walked them through this process called discipleship. Amen. And too many of us think programs instead of process. We want a quick fix. We want... You know, package something off the shelf instead of kind of creating our own simple processes to walk these people through these spiritual steps to yeah. where God wants them to be. I like that. So, so, we love so really, that. velocity is also, it's not just necessarily for church planners. This could be an established church. If you've got a 36 month, a three year process to transition a church that's attractional, the missional community. Who doesn't need that? Absolutely. You know, that's in that kind of situation. Yeah. yeah or even a planner who's a year in, two years in is like, whoops, yeah. you know, didn't know what that was when I started. We learned know? this kind of by, you know, by default with the Velocity Conference, you know, we'll have a thousand pastors near close to it most every year. We've had other churches offer to move it out of our building, let yeah. it grow bigger. Yeah. But we don't. We want it in the laboratory of right. the church we planted. You know, right. we want it on our site. And, you know, there we talk about um, all the things that inspire and encourage that a conference does. But we started realizing we had all these existing church planter, pastors, existing church pastors coming to the Velocity Conference saying, I'm dealing with the same issue this guy's dealing with that's been planted a church three years ago yeah. or five years ago or seven years ago. They're, they're leadership issues. And <laughs> interestingly, why would they want to teach leadership in seminary? Just something you've got to do every single day mm. of your life. Mm. And that's that's the real challenge. Yeah, it, the, a lot of these issues are leadership issues, and they're landmines. Yeah, 
I, I get the impression, Sean, that you're, I mean, we're, you know, I'm sitting across the table. I've just met you, but I'm getting the impression that you, you care about people. I mean, I'm, you know, I've heard a little bit of your story, but I'm getting the impression and maybe I'm wrong on this, but it seems to me you're almost kind of like a dad to these planners. Is it, is it kind of that relationship? It, it is a dad or a brother. You know, I'm only 43 years old, so I'm not an old guy. And you look so much hairs. older than that. I know. No, I'm just Thanks teasing. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, I appreciate your encouragement. I, I, I'm just teasing. I actually look way older than I am, right? People peg me at 50. I'm 40 years old, right? Yeah. But I always quote Indiana Jones. It's not the years, baby. It's the mileage. <laughs> to me, it's like to me, it's like when you have a knee surgery and you hear somebody else has had a knee surgery. Like all of a sudden, you have a unique compassion for them. Yeah, they've been through what you've Amen. been through. Amen. And I think for me, going through the pain that I went through, now, like I just, I don't want if I don't I, if I can keep a pastor from going through that. Yeah, I'd love to spare them the pain. Yeah, of going through what I went through, not just not just marriage and family stuff, but the challenge of a worship leader that doesn't have your back or a yeah. right hand guy or you know, all these different landmines and issues that we deal with or somebody who, you know, the biggest giver leaves the church. Like all the, I've planted a church and I got the scars to prove it. Yeah. You know, and so I know what these guys are going through and I've lived it. I've like made all the mistakes. I got all the scars to prove it. And if I can, I have a heart now for, for guys who are bearing those scars. Yeah. But if I can keep some from having to bear those scars, that would be even better. Mm. And mm. There are, there are, there is wisdom. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Proverbs says success is found in many counselors. Well, and you even read the book of First, uh, Second Timothy and Titus, man, and he's he's trying to spare Timothy pain. There's yeah, no doubt exactly. about it. He's trying to help Titus, and you, you, you know where he keeps saying, you know, my true son in the faith, and I'm getting that vibe off you big time. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, like I say, I've been, I've been sitting here, like, and and I don't know who uh, shad down at the end of the table there just keeps nodding like uh-huh so obviously you were giving that vibe off to your guys too where you're a mentor you're like a father you know you're training these guys like you know yeah like paul trained timothy i would so say i'm also that's a refreshing coach. man i i can tell you're not out for their money yeah you're actually there to serve them and that's no cool. I, we love pastors and we love to you know shepherd them we love to coach them you know sometimes the coach will get in your face <laughs> you know and i love to get in pastors face faces too you know and sometimes they need to be confronted with the truth I like that. of the situation. And you need to get in their grill. Yeah. Men, man, we really I tell <laughs> I tell church planners spouses all the time, I'm like, got ladies, we really are that clueless. Like we never see this coming. Yeah. yeah. We we never see it coming. And we're not aware of ourselves. We we're not aware of our weaknesses. We're not self aware. So all this stuff you see in that mother's woman's intuition, like we don't see it. Mm-hmm. So we need you to help us. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and oftentimes we need somebody outside of ourselves to see those things. One, give us permission in our strengths, mm-hmm. but then say, but you're not good at that. Yeah. You're not good at that. So you're kind of like the, you know, the, the preemptive strike for the wives, you know, that tell their Hopefully. husbands they're knuckleheads, you know. Hopefully. I would love to see Sean Lovejoy bust open a can of Kung Fu on people. I've done it, man. You know, I would love to see that. <laughs> Anytime you got a last name Lovejoy and then you bust open on him. Well, dude, he's so happy. Can you imagine? Like when That's this dude, he's like Bruce Banner, man. Like the Incredible Hulk <laughs> comes out. Banner. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me. <laughs> you know. Sometimes Sean Lovejoy smash. Sometimes I'm a kill joy <clears throat> because the church planner, <laughs> the church planner comes in with this 2020 vision. If I see another 2020 vision, I'm going to throw up, you know. But they don't have a plan to execute this weekend. They don't have, you know, they're not planning. They're not disciplined. They're not, they don't, they're not pastoring. They're not being a good husband. They're not being a good father. And I'm like, kill all that right now and come back to right here today. Mm. Let's be a good steward right now 
with the people. Your small group system is jacked up. You're not discipling people. You're not being a good steward of people now. And you're talking about changing the city. Right on. <laughs> Come back here right now. for Live in the present right now. And mm. if you'll be faithful of where God has you now, with the people he has you with now, then he might just bless you with more. Amen. That's awesome, dude. And we do that all the time for church planners. We need like some rea- a dose of reality a yeah. lot of times. We're yeah. so entrepreneurial and so visionary mm-hmm. sometimes. We can't be faithful today with mm. what we have and where we are now. And I say all the time, every church planner is trying to build their platform now. But too many pastors want the fame of game day without the pain of training. Mm. And there's a lot of discipline. You know, Paul talked about, 1 Corinthians 2, about disciplining himself so that he didn't disqualify himself. Mm. And either in two ends of the spectrum, guys that aren't growing, they get discouraged and disillusioned and quit. Or guys who have explosive growth church plans. Mm. Yeah. I talk, met with a church planner yesterday. They're running 6,000 people after 18 months. Oh, what? He's feeling a lot of the same emotions mm-hmm. that the guy who can't break through 75 mm. can quit. Overwhelmed. Yeah. Fills in over his head the complexity of the issues, trying to find time for his family. Mm. All of those. So it's both ends of the spectrum. Dig you it. know, well, we need help. And the number one mistake church planners make, number one, isolation. Hmm. We get isolated. And there's all this amazing training and coaching goes into getting ready to launch. It's been 18 months getting ready to launch for that first Sunday. Then the next Sunday comes seven days later. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> 18 months for the first Sunday. Then you got seven days to prepare for the second Sunday. Post-launch day is probably the hardest Sunday of the year, man, and the week after Easter. They're not prepared. You know what I mean? It's the, it's the most depressing Sunday. Yeah. Because yeah. not everybody comes back. That's right, man. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Well, hey, it, it's been great having you, Sean. This has been Sean Lovejoy, uh, Velocity Conference, Velocity Network, and the website is churchplanners.com. Now, the question that I'm left with, Sean, is, you know, I, I mean, I've just sat here, you've blown me away with some of the stuff you've said. Great stuff. If I want to hear more of, you know, Sean Lovejoy's proverbial wisdom, where am I going to go to hear more of this kind of stuff? Well, I did pour in about, you know, 10 or 12 years of just my pain and my journey and my heart for pastors. I wrote a book, Baker nationally released through Baker. Guys say cha-ching when you say the title. That's yep. right. That's our rule. Cha-ching. The there we go. <laughs> the, me- the, the measure of our success. We got Philip Yancey to do cha-ching after his book on Did stuff, you really? Right? So did. That's you have to do it, too. That's her cha-chings for cha-ching. us. Everybody cha-ching. Yeah, that's we great. gusto, man. That's great. <laughs> I love it. But so what was that called again? The Measure of Our Success, an impassioned plea to pastors. And I just talk about kind of the dark side of the ministry world there. Mm. In my own life, in my own heart, my own battles, but also, you know, giving pastors permission to lead healthier lives, lead healthier mm. churches, have healthier families, build healthier simple systems. So we finish well together. Amen. Amen. And, and again, I, I'm not surprised that you wrote that because I can tell that's a book. You write that book when you care about people. Yeah. Yeah. Good to get to know you guys. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on the show, Sean. It's yeah. been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. We'll have you on yeah. again. Thanks. And uh, yeah, let us know when uh, the Velocity Conference rolls around and we'll we'll give you some shout outs. February. Come see us. All right, man. Sounds good. February 2015. Yeah. Hard to believe. Oh, it's coming up, man. It's creeping. So, all right. Hey, this has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you that if you want to reach someone nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing.
Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.